0: To the untrained eye, real estate is the business of shelter, of comfort, of home. But industry insiders know that just behind the curtain resides a world teeming with innovation and disruption and sometimes brutal competition. And there in the midst of it all stand our industry leaders, the folks with the answers to our million-dollar questions in real estate. We've got one of those leaders here for you today. I'm Jessica Edgerton. And I'm Tarko Heidinga from a Leading Real Estate Companies of the World. Let's pull back the curtain. Welcome to Million Dollar Question. This is a Soulfire production. A very good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome here to another episode of Million Dollar Question. Yes, again, we have already so many great episodes here on our new podcast here at Leading RE. So excited today to welcome another guest, a special guest to our Million Dollar Question podcast here, right? And today we're going to uh, touch on the topic of how we basically lead the global trends of international property, property development marketing. And we are uh, very honored to have with us today, Tazos Stavro, right? Tazo Stavro, I actually have to say, is the Director Global Business Development at Leading RE. Tasos is coming to us from a, his beautiful home in Cyprus. And I had the privilege to visit him a couple of months ago. Really nice place, Cyprus. If you have never visited before, you definitely have to go to Cyprus one day. Uh, but Tasos is not a stranger if it comes to global property and business opportunities. Tazos is currently responsible for growing leading RE's business internationally by developing relationship with members, suppliers, industry groups and organizations and other partners. His knowledge of international markets and clear vision gives him the ability to lead and expand global business development. His skills in identifying new opportunities, coupled with careful strategic planning, will help and strengthen the global membership network of Leading RE and add more valued programs for real estate partners all across the world. So ladies and gentlemen, very honored. Please welcome Mr. Tazos Stavrou. Tazos, welcome to the show.
1: Tago, thank you. That's amazing. Your introduction could definitely be a good resume building for my next uh, career opportunity. But thank you. I'm not considering anything. I'm so happy to be part of leading real estate companies of the world and even happier to be your colleague.
0: Yes, we are colleagues, and that is, of course, even better. We have a lot of fun time. We spent some time together, like I said, in uh, in Phuket recently, and then I was uh, so happy to come and visit you in your beautiful home country in uh, in Cyprus, and uh, we will probably see each other soon again in Portugal. And uh, besides that, we have probably every two or three days, we have calls with each other where we discuss a lot of things, strategies, a lot of uh, many things, and that is why I wanted to invite you to be part of this podcast here today. But before we dive deep into it, uh, Tazos, let's talk a little bit about Cyprus first, right? Uh, uh, Share a bit what is happening in Cyprus. Like I said, I was there only for like three days, what I remember. You have been there your whole life. I know that Cyprus has a lot of property opportunities, property development. uh, It's an interesting part of Europe at the moment. And, and, And since we're talking about Cyprus, maybe also some insights on what is happening in the rest of the region.
1: Yes, great. I mean, a um, little bit of geography just to, to let our uh, friends and, and, and the network to understand, listening to this podcast where Cyprus is uh, uh, located. Essentially, Cyprus is the southeastern part of Europe. It's, uh, it's an island. It's, uh, it's the third largest island in the Mediterranean after Sicily and Sardinia and occupies an area of about uh, 9,000 square kilometers. Uh, it is not highly uh, densely populated, about 1.1 million people on it all. In all but it does attract indeed a lot of foreign direct investment and a lot of tourism. Just uh, to, to put that into numbers, imagine a country of a population of merely uh, above a million people receiving every year about four million tourists. It's like the US receiving like every year uh, 1.2 billion tourists in terms of numbers. So uh, you understand that. And as you have experienced yourself, Cyprus is a country that is a touristic destination as well. Well, being part of Europe, um, uh, Cyprus has always been uh, following the, the trends, the market trends, but as well the the, the economic trends of the European Union. However, th- there's a little bit of, of discrepancies here, or, or if you like, some um, more flexibility due to the fact that Cyprus is a small economy, it's a smaller economy, it's a flexible economy, and sometimes will uh, either be lucky enough to, to get away of, uh, of big or steep recessions or be in a position to get out of of recessions quite uh, faster of what other larger or more systemic economies will do. Um, going back to your question, how the situation now here is, well, unavoidably, Cyprus, it's, uh, it's under a depressed, uh, m- uh, not a totally depressed environment, but is suffering as every other EU state member country uh, because first of the ongoing COVID uh, since the beginning of the outbreak back in 2019, three years later, you, we see that definitely things are way better. Uh, we, we have been blessed uh, to have the vaccines, to have medicine, to to create protocols and know how to to tackle this, uh, this curse that uh, was burdening the world for the last few years. But still we see that no country has managed to put a zero to COVID. So we all need to be prepared. Uh, Yes, we got away of stiff lockdowns, the economy is reopening and restarting again all over Europe. Uh, The interest of of real estate investments globally and especially in Europe has been strongly revived and and strongly uh, uh, restarted uh, right after Covid, but uh, still this is uh, a parameter that we all need to keep in mind. Alongside to that, unfortunately, our world our world is not an angelic place again and we have the ongoing aggression and work in ukraine which is creating uh, immaculous problems to the humanity again and and part of that is definitely uh, the the uh, prescribed uh energy crisis situation which is uh, just uh, under uh, knocking our doors basically we, we are experiencing it um i, I recall you uh letting me know on your recent trip back to the Netherlands that uh, you had to go and obtain a loan from the back to fill up your, the tank of your car. I mean, uh, that's already becoming an issue. So let, let's see what uh, what the winter would look like uh, if these energy crisis situations continues to escalate or even get worse. Now, um, Cyprus, as I began to say, has a smaller economy, it is more flexible. Uh, luckily enough, uh, and this is because not we're not hit by the crisis, which is uh, expected to uh, escalate over quarter three and quarter four of 2022, but because whatever was, was on the pipeline right after COVID it was performing quite well. Don't forget that Cyprus is an economy which is uh, uh, almost entirely based on the tertiary sector. Uh, what is performing well here is the tourism, real estate and constructions, which uh, represents about 50% of the country's GDP. And it heavily heavily depends on the foreign direct investment, the maritime cluster, financial services, and uh, over the last couple of years, the IT uh, sector is booming here. So all this together has been attracting big interest from overseas uh, towards Cyprus for many years. So they are performing well. And just to put the, the numbers a little bit into a perspective, the European Commission Uh, Despite all these uh, adverse conditions, uh, it's expecting that the GDP of Cyprus year to year to have an increase in 2022 versus to 2021, close to 3.2. And that was a very recent uh, report from the European Commission. And uh, it is also expected to stay nearly above 2%, uh, again, positive growth for 2023, which is expected to be a turbulent year again. Uh, uh, which is, uh, it's a quite well figure. Uh, Another notable, another notable figure that I would like to share with you, and that's very fresh, that was only announced a couple of weeks ago. Uh, The capital appreciation year to year again of of, uh, new developments, new real estate in the country uh, uh, was uh, 6%, uh, which, uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. In contrast to the earliest projections, uh, six months ago, which was uh, that was below uh, 3%. It, it still shows that many investors around the world do show uh, great confidence into real estate investments. They consider as less volatile, especially considering the very frenzied course of inflation and stagflation, which is uh, also burdening the real estate market. Uh, overall, uh, how do I see things uh, in, in, in our community, European Union? Well, it is not one of the best years for the reasons that we have explained and uh, expectedly uh, some of those parameters I I just mentioned uh, it's uh, expected to hit um, in more depth the economies of of systemic countries within the EU uh, like Germany for example and one of the things that I'm really concerned about and this is a personal concern which uh, I, I see coming I mean the fact that Uh, Purely industrial countries that have capacity to uh, perform uh, very very massively within EU and and not just, they're shifting away from from nuclear production uh, in terms of industry. And because that depends heavily mostly on gas at the moment uh, and until some alternative uh, types of energy will subsidize gas, we all know what that uh, could be or what could be the negative uh, impact of, of the war uh which is still ongoing in Ukraine. On the positive side of things, uh we can see that the commercial real estate is bouncing back, especially in Europe. Uh all those difficulties that the sector was facing again majorly because of the pandemic, uh they're coming to a good course again. People are moving back to offices uh, or back to corporate environments and, and therefore it's expected and, and and only we can and already we can see the first signs of of recovery and uh, a better performance of of the commercial real estate but as well as uh, affordable housing uh, which is also expected over the years and sustainable developments uh, to be either subsidized or incentivized by governments or even the European Union itself. Uh, I'm I'm very confident that these sectors will perform quite well despite the crisis we have at the moment. Uh, One thing which uh, has always been growing and growing and this should be uh, uh, something that ticks the box of the strategy of, of everyone which is into the real estate industry, I believe, is the luxury. Well, luxury, it's, it's an objective term. The expensive properties, the properties that they are directly related to the lifestyle, they have been performing so well even during the the, the pandemic uh, times because always high netwood individuals will look for alternatives in, in other locations. And Cyprus is, is one of those.
0: Wonderful, wonderful. This is always so great to talk to you, Tazos, right? You just have to ask you one question and you get like uh, five, six minutes in a in a big macro way you get an overview and a great summary. So thank you so much for that, tazos that that is really some great insights there. Yes, we do know, of course, in the world that there are some fair challenges in in Europe for the reasons that you that you just mentioned. what is uh, that is great. but it's also good to hear that there are some positive notes to it, right? what I Gather is uh, is 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 that the, the the GDP right for Cyprus is 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 quite positive, just over three percent. What you mentioned, capital appreciation seems to be good, and and like I said, we we all in the world are kind of waiting for this whole COVID uh, to to. You know that we don't have to talk about it anymore, but of course we're all still struggling with the uh, with the effects of it, right? Both on economical level, health level, and getting back on our feet's level, and especially on the travel part, uh, we we still struggle a lot there, right? But good insights. Thank you so much for that. Um, let's let's go uh, kind of to the million dollar question. Like Tazos, what I what this show is called Million Dollar Question is kind of the one question that we want to ask every single guest, and I thought very long and hard of, okay, what question should I ask my good friend, Tazo Stavrou to to understand a little bit more about? And you know what? It really has to do with your position now in leading RE, where you're gonna run a beautiful program that is called Destinations, right? A developers marketing program that helps new projects uh, worldwide expand in terms of marketing, networking, sales, and and basically their opportunities on, on a global scale. So my question to you is right. Since you're leading this 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 project, right, and you are kind of putting the pieces together, I was curious to know how important is it for developers to look outside of their own borders, right? And what trends do you see for property investors that are seeking for international developments?
1: Oh, that's uh, that's definitely a question that worth more than a million. That's uh, that's a great <laughs> question, and, and thank thank you for giving me the opportunity to, to share the latest updates with regards to uh, this great global initiative that Leading RE uh, is currently uh, pushing forward. And uh, I'm, I'm very happy to share that this initiative will be uh, very soon, very soon available uh, to our entire network. Well, um, since you, you talked to Grammar for uh, referring my name with the Greek way, allow me to reverse engineer Grammarly a little bit your questions. Uh, you are referring to me as you as uh, the second singular person uh, with a second plural person, okay? I mean, when we say <laughs> you in Leading ARI, it's it's all about a collective uh, and strong team effort, a lot of brain power, and all these accumulated experiences uh, from us uh, within Leading ARI as Leading ARI uh, staff, family, but as well as all those great members that contribute uh, with their time, unconditionally, they are always there to share their experiences since just the top in their markets and regions every time when we decide to do a research before we launch uh, a program, and especially a, 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 a fundamentally important program like the Destinations uh, E. Well, um, apparently, as we, know, as we all know, uh, leading Ari, it's E, uh, it's a well-entrenched for decades B2B network, mostly for, for brokers. Uh, It's a network of like-minded, top-notch in their uh, fields and professionals, countries, alongside with a great team uh, of professionals compositing by uh, the industry's best, I believe, and most dedicated uh, people and enterprises that always look to to join forces, uh, to collaborate, to uh, exchange business, but uh, foremost support each other. Uh, as, As you know very well, Tago, is um, it, everything gravitates on a care and support, and this is across the board. I mean, in every country that we have a footprint, this is how business and this is how business relationship uh, is uh, is developing between us. Well, uh, based on these uh, ethics and principles, I mean, leading ARI when it is launching a new program, same as uh, we did with destinations, uh, uh, we base those programs as, as success uh, from the beginning on some major actions and. Uh, uh, I, I will explain that I, I mean we always look to develop leading and pioneering programs but also services that they are always in line with uh, leading a is uh, global value proposition because uh, part of what we are and the reason why we exist and our members are proud to be uh, part of this global network is our value proposition so we always try to uh, give value to that and always uh, do and develop things that uh, they remain in line with this uh, important uh, aspect. So, adding value to existing uh, network uh, and members is also part of the philosophy of this new program, but in addition to that and I think most importantly is the marriage value we bring into the network by creating uh, something which uh, did not really exist to, at least to the form that we are creating now in now We are infrastructuring and creating opportunities but also new streamlines for revenue that can be compatible to the network members, uh, but also future growth. And, and this is because, as you mentioned, destinations. It's uh, it's a new program, a new marketing and sales program, which uh, fo- is focusing on the development uh, on the marketing for developments. And this is not only for developers. And this is why the program went into a revamping process because into that new program. We bring the affiliates of the program, which are the developers, which they will now have the opportunity to promote to promote through leading leading RE Destinations program uh, exclusive and unique developments uh, around the world. Uh, this program uh, has been uh, basically this is a, another good example of um, of how leading Ali family continues to. Uh, it's commitments that is uh, to invest more, invest significantly into technology, into new uh, initiatives uh, which uh, remain to be pioneering in the industry. Uh, and and uh, the destinations program uh, phase will be uh, an exclusive and dedicated website. This is where uh, master agents and developers, which they, have, which they are the affiliates of the program, will have the opportunity to, to present Uh, not just to the network, but to the rest of the world, uh, those uh, unique developments. In addition to that, uh, there there is a a specially designed uh, participation uh, scheme where it enables uh, enterprises and network members that they wish to participate to the destinations to come on board with the basic program. But on top to that, we have uh, developed the program on a philosophy where uh, it's uh, somehow tailor-made. We, we are providing some add-on facilities to this program and, and marketing and, and advertising tools which uh, can be tailor-made to the budget, to the requirements, to the exposure that each uh, affiliate to the program wishes uh, to get. So it's not just one fit for all, it's a program that I believe uh, will have uh, uh, great opportunities to Uh, create cross-selling between our leading re-network and the developers. Uh, Developers, we are always referring, as we all know, to the primary sector of the real estate industry. What is the primary sector uh, versus to the secondary, which is mostly the resale market? I mean, the primary sector represents uh, new trends, new designs, new architecture, uh, new sustainable developments. All these uh, come to enhance the already truly diverse portfolio of uh, that leading Ari uh, has the capacity to promote globally uh, through uh, its 550-plus uh, uh, member uh, companies, which uh, we expand in more than 70 countries around the world. And this is exactly where the Destinations Program can capitalize uh, by offering uh, a great global outreach on a very cost-efficient, uh, uh, budgeting for those that they wish to uh promote their developments globally
0: wow wow very exciting really really great stuff uh tasos there and 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 it seems like the revamping has only brought more ideas and more strategies to to the whole program like you said you've been working hard with the team to put this all together and it looks like that 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 really worldwide this is a Great opportunity for for all kinds of property developments to really see what what others they can attract, right? And what other markets could be relevant for them to 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 really see the the, the growth of their projects and the success, the end success of their of their projects. So so, thank you for that. Uh, that is that's great stuff. Uh, we we will go back to destinations in a little while. I just want to go back, uh, you know, based on the introduction that I had earlier, a little bit to your past, your, you know, your time before uh, leading RE, right, where you had a lot of experience in in global operations for an uh, an international developer based in uh, in Cyprus. Uh, can you tell us just a little bit more about that experience, right? Where and when did you expand to in the, in, in the world? And any stories you can share about about that journey you had with that previous developer?
1: Yes, um, and, and indeed, this is, this is, again, I mean, um, to one extent, uh, very much related to the Destinations program because uh, I'm sure we go back to it, but uh, another reference that I wanted to make about it, uh, Tago, uh, is, is is the opportunity that the developments we will bring on board uh, sorry we will, will have on board uh, we are selective I mean as we're selective uh, to what leading Ari is composite by in terms of members that we always uh, have a network of the top professionals again the the selection of real estate developments and and properties that would come on board to destinations is not a random uh Pick uh, and, and patch. I mean, it's all about uh, discussing with the prospects that they want to join this program of how this can be a good fit for them, but as well as for the network because we do analyze and we do know what uh, can be of, of best use and and, and best uh, common benefit of everyone. So going back, going back to global operations, yes, uh, indeed, in, in my career so far, uh, I've been I have been blessed. I have to admit that to work for organizations that gave me the opportunities to, to, to expand and work globally. And working globally is what uh, makes us a, a good professional because, or a better professional, because uh, as we as we say in leading areas well, we are local, but uh, we are global at the same time. Uh, uh, you, you, just, you just can't be only local any longer. I mean, the, the world is coming smaller and smaller in terms of um, how people are, are buying, investing, or considering direct their next real estate investment. Um, yes, I, I, did, I did work for a, a long period of time for te- almost 10 consecutive years for one of the leading real estate developers in Cyprus and abroad, and with them I had the opportunity to, to create from scratch or even expand o- overseas operations in, in China, Beijing, Shanghai, Guangzhou, Shenzhen. Uh, we had an operation, a side operation in Hong Kong. We have developed uh, operations in Southeast Asia uh, with a base in in Vietnam, Ho Chi Minh City, and and this is the APAC region, a very interesting region, and uh, you, you, I'm, I'm sure you can say a lot about that tago. This is uh, your your expertise and your region of uh, of operating with leading area as well. Um, we have uh, set and run operations also in in Egypt. Uh, in Dubai, and some of the CIS countries prior to the conflicts, of course, that was in in Russia and Ukraine. So, uh, as you may see, I have already mentioned a a few, and um, uh, setting up uh, global operations, uh, I believe, is two major things that you you need. First of all, you need uh, people that have the expertise, people that have the knowledge to expand, because... Uh, there are a lot of opportunities around the world, but especially in countries that they are we- less regulated, of what the Western countries are and how we know we know them. Especially in EPAC. Uh instead of chasing an opportunity, you can become the opportunity for them if you don't really uh, do a good homework because be- before you, you set up a- an operation in these places. Um, so you need vision, definitely you need vision, but you also need a good strategy. You need to know. What your market target is, you need to predefine and be sure that your product can sell into this market. Because uh, setting up and running uh, overseas operations, it, it is always uh, costly. And and uh, more than that, it has to be decentralized from uh, from the headquarters and the origin country where the operations are. And uh, host country operations always require more flexibility, requires open mind, but also requires a lot of patience. To get to understand of uh, how and each of those markets will work, because uh, it's not a copy-pasting. And I believe that even some huge organisations, the reason that they are failing—well, uh, failing is an objective term again, because one way or another, the big organisations—they they, they are international; they, they operate internationally. But uh, sometimes I, I don't want to ne- mention any names now, but we can see giants in many different industries failing having a footprint in a country like China or in a country like uh, Cambodia or Russia or Ukraine because simply they cannot adapt or adjust because of their big size to the requirements of, uh, of the host country for running our operation. So it's a lot of components that they need to align and come together and there's a lot of complexity and uh, enterprises or, or business lines that they want to expand globally they should consider all those uh, 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 opportunities, but also obstacles, b- before they expand globally. And, and this is an opportunity for us, again, to emphasize on the importance of leading ARI as a global network that already exceeds into 70 countries. And we, we tend and we wish to expand more uh, for uh, uh, as a great benefit for those members, because uh, you are uh, well aware that uh, picking up the phone or uh, texting someone on, on Instagram, on WhatsApp, which you know that is a leading ID member, you should always expect to uh, get utmost uh, attention from them. And you will always uh, expect to have uh, the same level of service and support for your clients or for uh, your buyers that, uh, in the same way that uh, you will be offering back in, in your country.
0: Yes, yes, wonderful, wonderful. That's a great story. And like you said, that is, uh, that is quite some experience, right? Going in all those interesting markets, especially countries like China, what you mentioned, what is, what is a world by itself and, and, and also other countries where, where you, know, it, 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 you need to adapt and, and be able to kind of pivot to the, the cultural needs of, of that country, right? So very, very inspiring and, and, and very nice to, to, to hear about that blending that back into basically the destinations program and looking also from a global perspective there and now leading that as a director as global business development. Before we continue the show, quickly want to remind you on the upcoming global symposium here at Leading RE, this time in beautiful Cascades, Portugal. So join us in Cascades, Portugal on September 29th till the... October 1st, and experience why the Global Symposium is one of our most popular events. An intimate format provides the ideal environment for connecting globally with members from around the world and gaining new perspective on leading locally. Together, the future is limitless. Join us in the beautiful coastal resort town of Cascades serves as the backdrop for our Global Symposium, offering an inspirational setting of sandy beaches, busy marina captivating history and culture all just 30 minutes away from lisbon the event will attract an elite group of brokers managers and sales associates all around the world creating a diverse and engaging mix for insightful conversations and meaningful connections we invite you to join us in beautiful cascades lisbon at the global symposium by leading re see you there with this impact of, of destinations, what, what is your future outlook? What, what do you see happening uh, based on that, right? Why is there a need for developers to, for a program like this? right? You mentioned before, you know the whole uh, kind of like our way or our process in making this program ready. But let's jump maybe one to three three years ahead. What is this that this program can do for developers? And and how can they really see the benefit in it?
1: Yes, um, primarily, Tago. I mean, after all, the scope of the program is, uh, as we described earlier, is to give a global outreach in a in a most cost-effective way to developers that they're the affiliates to the program and to the master agents, uh, leading area members that they are promoting exclusively uh, developments, uh, the opportunity to to sell. Uh, and promote their products and developments into many different markets. I mean, unavoid- unavoidably, this is happening every day. And uh, uh, we're living in a referrals world that cross border referrals from one country to another is what is adding up to the, the streamlined revenues of every enterprise that uh, it is uh, in our industry. And uh, one thing that I definitely see uh, growing in the nearest future is um, if the sideline business and, and all those synergies that. Uh, could bundle around the, the destinations program, the, the developments marketing program, because we know that people will definitely continue to seek uh, investments and 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 real estate uh, purchasing uh, for properties that are related to lifestyle. Lifestyle is not always what you have back in home, but you're looking for a better lifestyle or a lifestyle property in another destination, which is different to uh, what your uh, country can offer. Uh, of course uh, the IRR, the return on investment uh, investors especially institutional investors look to spread this kind of investment and 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 uh, have a more volatile uh, real estate portfolio uh, of investments not just in one country but in many different destinations that uh, will offer different kind of returns uh, and more than that we see some trends which uh, they're becoming as an established part of uh, of any almost any real estate industry for example Immigration. I mean, immigration uh, uh, by real estate investment has already became a great amplifier for many real estate industries around the world. And this is not new. I mean, this is happening for years and years, and we can see that growing. And more than that, uh, this rule of investment, uh, and I I, I will just associate that with a very recent example in the market tackle. Uh, We see that uh, inflation is burdening construction materials is shooting up the the property construction index of many countries, uh, sky high, year to year, about 20% increase. Uh, All these elements together, unavoidably inflate the price of real estate. So uh, investments like that, uh, or uh, immigration by investment can mitigate this risk by, because simply, someone that gets another commodity that comes with a real estate investment, for for instance, a status, either a a residency, or a naturalization by, by exception because an investment into uh, uh, a similar program in, in one of those countries that they are offering it. It gives them the, the luxury of time to wait uh, for a number of years. Uh, they're not losing from their value because of, uh, of, uh, of the increasing uh, inflation rates. Uh, and in addition to that, some of those programs offers them the opportunity to rent out the property so they can continue to create revenue on their investment. And at the end of the day except of the real estate that three four five years later that the cycle of real estate will have corrections and and bring numbers back to a more sustainable uh, level again this is what's happening all the time with most of the real estate markets uh, uh anyway uh on top of that as a cream of the cake they have this commodity this residency or this citizenship that they have acquired for their entire bloodline and family because of the investment into uh, 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 an immigration by investment program. So all those synergies can can blend. Uh, I believe well uh, down the road, and as we grow them, the destinations program uh, gradually. So um, th- those synergies, I believe that they can add a lot of value to the destinations program.
0: Wonderful, wonderful, and and great example. Yeah, the the, the immigration by real estate uh, investments is is of course quite trending, especially in Europe. They do this quite well. Uh, you see this in other places in the world also, and I think even in Cyprus, Cyprus always has been a leading country in doing in doing this quite well, right? With with me- with many programs that they have run. Um, and Talking a bit, uh, you were talking a bit also about the trends, right? Developments always being a continuous um, kind of like a, a investment for 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 people out there, but maybe they have to look more globally. Uh, maybe your quick intake on. Do you see also any threats or challenges when it comes to the to the real estate right and and you know in this business right do you see things that that might be different in 20 years 30 years from now uh, that we don't see coming yet any thre- threats or challenges
1: well uh, uh, it will be a little bit poetic just to uh, predict any real estate market 20 years ahead from now of course, we can see and adhere the trends. Uh, we can uh, adjust to it, uh, perhaps not everyone. I mean, one thing that might change and one of the concerns I have, Tago, I don't believe that uh, every professional uh, or every company that uh, uh, it's, it's a standalone or one-man show into the industry will, will, will survive or will manage to continue growing as, it, as they used to be uh, 20 years ago. Uh, but um, what I see coming, it's, um, uh, fed, uh, well, 20 years from now, again, it, it's, it's a long time to go. But uh, if we assess the situation and how things have been changing, uh, especially over the past five years, which things have been changing very, very fast, I believe that um, governments and, and the state in general will have uh, a more important role to, to play. Government spending and government contribution to Uh, As I said, uh, perhaps affordable housing, uh, as we see that um, the income of many families uh, around the world, many households, is shrinking. Uh, uh, They're tested every other year. uh, And uh, perhaps large-scale developments that would be in a PP4, I mean, that's a private and public sector investment. Uh, It's it's something that I see coming, but as well as uh, sustainable developments. I mean, uh, sustainable developments and green developments Sometimes it's, it's a marketing hint that everybody's using, but I believe in a few years from now, this will change. I mean, uh, homes must become more green, more smart, definitely more smart. So uh, I see technology as, uh, as, as an integrating factor, an ongoing factor that will continue to coexist with real estate development, not just the promotion and selling uh, route, which is definitely uh, a disruptive um, factor changing so rapidly. I mean, not even the best technology freaks can follow that uh, uh, any longer, uh, 100%. But this will also come gradually and, and more soundly will happen uh, into the construction side of the real estate industry as well.
0: Wonderful, wonderful. That's that, that's really some great insight. Yeah, it's very hard to look 20 years ahead, of course. But you know, I think you know, seeing that real estate is a long-term, for many people, long-term investment. Uh, and and of course, different regions also react differently to uh, to real estate. but what brings me to kind of the next question, uh, Tazos, and and I apologize for jumping around. Right, uh, we go from destinations back to your old job, back to the regions. But I still wanted to get your quick. Um, you know, your your ideas and more of your experience about Asia, right? I think some people misunderstand Asia a little bit. You have done a lot of business in Asia. Like you said, China, Vietnam, other, other countries uh, in Asia. Let me just make the question as simple as it can. Uh, how is Asia different from the world?
1: Well, Asia is a different world. <laughs> <laughs> Simply put, well, um, well, it's um, f- first of all. I mean, let, let's start from the from the stereotypes. I mean, uh, this has been a region, a part of the world that has been growing and growing. It's fast developing, so uh, goes without say that it is changing. I mean, whatever is growing is changing. But uh, at the same time, it is way still most of uh, and not not everywhere in Asia. For example, uh, Japan is a super developed country. Uh, South Korea is a super developed country, and and and. PRC, it's growing and growing that uh, uh, it's uh, it's conquering the world, if I can use this term. But uh, most of Southeast Asia's um, uh, markets and, and and the real estate industry is still underdeveloped. So uh, in a way, this is creating investment opportunity. And at the same time, it creates investment channels to attract a lot of foreign direct investment because uh, it's a lucrative market. We need to face that. I mean, it is performing. It is performing. Way higher of of what uh, of how most of the EU, Western, or even the US markets would perform, and uh, uh, definitely this will attract the, uh, the interest of hedge funds, of institutional investors, or even uh, uh, personal level investments that can perform well. But at the same time, uh, still uh, the regular the regulatory framework, uh, the property law, the investment law in some of those countries, it's. Uh, it's a mess. I mean, it is very hard to, um, to get a clear understanding of how things are operating. And uh, one of the things that makes it be different, in order to succeed in these countries, Tago, as you know very well being in Asia, you need local partners. I mean, uh, it is not yet some, uh, some of those uh, case studies where you do your homework, you have your uh, CEOs, you have the board, you have uh, the financial controller assessing everything, doing a good uh, feasibility study and and there we go. Let's go and, and let, let's uh, let's hit the road. I mean, it's much more than that. I mean, you you need to be, uh, not, not, not in a strange way, but you need to be well wired to people that they can do the job for you there, or you can do the job with them there for you, because uh, otherwise uh, there's a lot of risk uh, uh, that you would be undertaking. Well, the sentimental value is also uh, uh, something that uh, that makes a lot of sense when it comes to business in, uh, in, uh, in this part of the world. If I talk to Tago in the Netherlands or uh, if I cro- if I talk to one of our members in, in, in Germany, I know that a yes is a yes and a no is a no. In, in China, yes might be a no and it turns <laughs> to a, a yes and a no again and after you sign a contract, you still keep on negotiating. things. So um, yeah. We need to adjust and be, in your previous question about managing a running cross country operation, this is part of the adjustments and, and uh, things that you need to be ready to do in a different way. Well, it is not—it is not a recipe for distraction. I don't want to to sound um, negative of that. It's just—it's uh, a different route, a different way, and a different way, and a different norm when it comes to strategy and doing business in this part of the world. Uh, language barriers is definitely also another thing which is different uh, uh langu- language is very important body even body language the way that uh, you need to uh, understand what they mean and and of course again uh you have to be part of the local market i mean uh even even the internet is different in china uh even 90 uh, percent of the companies i, ro- I know on, around the world they cannot have their websites up and running uh on, on on the on the on on the internet world of china simply because that's a firewall which wouldn't enable that so you have to yeah. play the game with with some other rules
0: wonderful wonderful yeah it, it it brings its fair share of challenges i think but at the same time it o- also opens a a new world of 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 you know things that you can experience and you probably went through some of the most interesting times ever, you know, setting up things uh, there. So thank you for for sharing that part. In preparation for this, uh, and I have two questions left for you, uh, Tazos. I wish I could talk to you the whole day and uh, and just talk about what you're doing and uh, the rest of it but I know you're also a busy man. So I have two questions left for you. In preparation for today's session, I did a little bit of uh, stalking on your uh, LinkedIn profile, right? And um, one of the interesting things that I saw in your profile, you have like this banner there in the top, and has this little quote, and the quote uh, reads, "The first rule of leadership is everything is your fault," right? <laughs> and I found it very interesting, right? That that is something that you are like, 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 like showing on your LinkedIn profile, right? So I know you have experience in leading many teams around the world. And so how would you describe leadership? What is your definition of leadership? And how did this quote become so so meaningful to you?
1: Well, a leadership, um, uh, it's everything. And when I say everything, if you cannot lead yourself, uh, you can lead others. And uh, leading, it's all about contributing. It's all about fixing. It's all about creating. But it's all about... Uh, being on the on, on the forefront sometimes and uh, at taking the effort to, to drag the team with you in, in bad times and and all these I mean uh, no leader can be a good leader uh, if you don't have a good team um, I, I have used the the, the the word team a couple of times uh, or maybe more during our uh, pleasant talk today tago but I strongly believe in teams and uh, and uh, yes I mean my LinkedIn uh, uh wall uh the background is uh it it has been there for many years i know that it uh it is not helping me to get more more likes or more followers but i'm on a very i'm on a very (laughs) deniable uh mode of changing that because i believe in that and 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 when you want to lead things you have to believe in things and you need to focus uh, on your vision it's leading it's about two things it's about understanding giving back to the team but at the same time being able to have a vision, and verbalize that vision into strategy. I, I think if you can combine that two things, you can end up with good teams. And if you have good teams, honestly,
0: I believe that uh, sky is the limit. Sky is the limit. I, I so yes. much agree with that. And, and please do me a huge favor. Keep the quote there. Don't change it, ever. I think it's uh, it suits you well, uh, because uh, I, I fully agree with it, right? Everything is your fault. It starts with you. Leadership is starting by leading yourself. So, uh, just keep it there Itazos. it's a, it's a, it's a great inspiration when i saw it i was like oh yeah i just got i had a little moment of yeah it's true right first rule of leadership is basically everything is your fault um you, you know what Taco, part, i mean
1: yeah just yes. just you know what i mean uh, fault i mean fault might 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 be a, a negative uh a, a negative term or a negative word to have on your world but uh, Fault, I mean, it's a, it's a subsequent result of our actions and reactions and uh, p- part of leading ourselves and managing ourselves, if you prefer, it's, uh, it's definitely uh, uh, a consequence of our actions and reactions because every action has a reaction. So yes. if you manage to adjust your actions into, uh, into the sphere that is working for the benefit of the whole team, then the reactions can only be good.
0: Yes. Yes. Uh, no, again, the, even when I read it, fault and maybe some people might see it as a negative word. I didn't see it as a negative word in how I read it. And and, uh, and the first thing that came to mind was also something that an old mentor of mine said. He says, if you want to be, you know, if you want to be independent and you want to grow and have, the, like you said, the sky is the limit. You, The first thing that you need to do is, like you said, you need to lead yourself and you need to be able to always take responsibility for everything, even though you were not the one to blame, right? Absolutely, and, and, absolutely. And, and I, I found that so powerful. So when I saw that quote, I had to think of that moment. I was like, yeah, it's true. You know, everything is your fault. If, if you just take responsibility for everything, it saves you time in pointing fingers or, you know, going around the room and finding out, you know, who, who messed up here. You can go straight to the source like, okay, how can we do this better? How can I explain it better? How can I pick up better? If you always take responsibility, it saves a lot of time, and you always go to the core of how you can move forward again. So I, I really like that. So that's why I said keep the quote there. It's 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 very inspiring. Coming to the last question quickly, Tazos, and I ask this question to most people that come on the show here, and uh, and it's becoming kind of a tradition question, if you will, uh, uh, for for most people. And I'm always looking to 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 see. Uh, what people's take are on on uh, things that are important to them. So let me just uh, formulate the question, right? Um, Imagine just as you you had to start all over again, right? All the way to the beginning of your career, right? You need to build your career from scratch. What are three things that you would focus on on the first 30 days of building your career? And why are those three things important to you?
1: Oh, so, again, it's my fault talking to you. You always put me in the corner. Uh. <laughs> well, um, yeah, it's uh, it's it's already 20-plus years. Uh, I'm, I'm into this uh, super exciting uh, industry. Uh, it's a curse and a blessing, I believe, that I, I've never shifted my career into anything else. I love real estate. I, 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 I love uh, the world of real estate, and I will continue to, to be part of it. Well, yeah. Um, Sometimes changing things uh, is, is not the best remedy because who we are is uh, is uh, because of the things we did not change. But uh, I don't want to jeopardize your question. If I go 20 years back from now, uh, what I would change uh, at the beginning of of, of of my real estate career would definitely join leading earlier. Well, <laughs> and uh, what I mean is that I, I will definitely seek to elevate my position into the market, and and become a better professional through a network. A network that uh, will save me money, years, years and years of of, of struggling to to become entrenched into the market, but uh, more than that, have access to direct knowledge from people and enterprises that uh, they, they, they know their product and industry very well. Uh, another thing I would definitely, uh, and, and, and I and I put that as a tick on my mistakes list, is that I, I wouldn't look only for the money. Uh, as a younger entrepreneur, uh, I have uh, I have done mistakes. I have uh, I, I have focusing only on the money, rather than of a more sustainable type of growth for my business and for the people I was working with and for the for the people that were that they were working with me because. My, my only focus at the very beginning was just how to make more money. It's not bad, but if you're chasing only the money, uh, it's, it is very hard to, to succeed. It's much more than just the money. Uh, and uh, last but not least is uh, the fear for failure. I mean, of course, you can have the wisdom and the experience you have. None of us can. 20 years later, I mean, and you can... Uh, Restate things more comfortably by saying what where you fail. Looking back and say, oh, I failed. But one of the things that uh, I wouldn't have fears to do, although I'm, I'm quite not fearless, but I do take risks. Uh, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't be that hesitant to fail. And when I say fail, I don't want to be misunderstood. I mean, failing is what makes you better. But uh, one of the things today which is not happening, and uh, I, I, I'm trying also to teach that to, to my children they shouldn't be afraid to fail. I mean, by failing, you become better. It's all about how strong, but not only how strong, how ready and how prepared you are to stand up again and uh, avoid the same mistake you've done in the past. So uh, this is something which concerns me today. I mean, if you ask me what what one of my concerns uh, is today about the youngest generation coming into the industry, they're not adjust, they're not adapt to fail. I mean, me and you have failed a million times. We have failed when we play football in the neighborhood. Yeah, is it that true? How many Mm -hmm, times did you fail? Yeah, so failing is part of business and uh, uh, correcting your mistakes, it's a very big part of of business and the real estate industry, especially uh, as it is operating today, Tago, because it is so fast changing. There is so many disruptions in our industry. So if you are not ready to fail, and fail doesn't mean to, to 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 get demolished to 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 shut down your business i mean uh, if that happens it means that you are not prepared at all but failing along the way is what will make you to become a better company a better leader and a better professional
0: wow wow nice failing along the way will make you a better company better leader and eventually a better person that is that is a real Great way to, uh, to almost end here. Tazos, one final thing. Is there anything, any final thoughts, anything you would like to say, story, statement, quote, anything that comes to mind that you want to end this session with?
1: Oh, I think that was a very nice, uh, interesting, and, and very pleasant talk, Tago. We have, uh, we have touched many points. Of course, uh, it, they can be analyzed and deep and exhausted in, in, a, in a half an hour talk. But uh, one of the things that, uh, one, of, one single thing that I would like to, to, to stand on as a, as a closing remark is that we all need to stay focused in what we're doing, to stay positive and uh, great things to come along with Leading ARI.
0: Absolutely, absolutely! Great things to come with leading RE, ladies and gentlemen. It was again a great honor for me to have our special guest here with us today. I want to thank you, Mr. Tazos Stavrou, for being with us here today, and uh, that brings an end of today's session. I will be seeing Tazos at the Global Symposium this upcoming September, 29th of September, 30th of September, and the 1st of October. If you are a leading RE member listening to our podcast right now, if you want to join us, please sign up, we have a few tickets left and that would be really great. You will meet Tazos there, you will meet myself there and you can ask a whole lot of more questions about destinations, the experience of Tazos in Asia, about leadership and so many other more things. But for today, today we came to an end of this today's session. Tazos, thank you very much, my friend.
1: Thank you, Tago, thank you, my friend.
0: Okay, and see everybody soon again on the next episode here of Million Dollar Questions. 拜拜